Welcome to the Fizzle Show. You can find out more about us at fizzle.co, but suffice it to say, we've built successful online businesses without sacrificing creativity, joy, nerdery, authenticity, or our woefully artistic sensibilities. And we want to help you do the same. Your hosts are, if we were smooth jazz instruments, oh yeah, baby. This one comes from iTunes reviewer Nutameet. Caleb would be the big bass because of his velveted voice. And Corbett would be the saxophone because he's timeless and well-known. And Chase, he would be the trumpet because he's attention-grabbing and a little crazy. Thanks, Nutameet. I'll go ahead and take it as a boon to myself that you didn't say I was annoying as well. (laughs) In this episode, if you're struggling with finding motivation... You're going to love this conversation. It's got some rich tips to get you out of the muddy waters and back into clarity, focus, and direction. We're answering the second part of Terry's question, how to refine your motivation. We already answered the first part about romance and relationship tips for entrepreneurs in episode 55. Check that out if you haven't. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. the second part of the last episode which is two parts that the first you'd already heard but the second is now this would be the now not only is this your life but this being the second wait are we part of the so this is it well that right then was the beginning of the now but does this come after the second part so the second part being the number one that comes after the first oh weird (laughs) i was hoping for a a lot more banter (laughs) dang it (laughs) yeah um so as, as we mentioned in, in the last episode, we got this really great question from a fizzler named Terry. And like we said, we're changing the name of, of Terry to, uh, to well, the real name isn't Terry. So I can call him Terry, but only on mm. the show. How about Barry today? How about Larry? No, we'll stick with Terry, guys. Jerry? Terry is a much better name than Larry or Barry. Harry Terry? Mm, now we're getting into a lead. bit of sort of unsafe territory we Ter- want to territory our hairy berries are we getting diet. into territory into territory <laughs> <laughs> look at your smug smile you're so self-satisfied yeah. right now <laughs> you have to put a camera on on this sometime oh that's perfect speaking of which you can follow me on Instagram at some what am I Chase W Reeves or something? Yeah. I want to take this picture right now, and I'm about to Instagram it. I need more Twitter followers. I mean Instagram followers. What are they? Do we call them followers? Uh, yeah, yep. you do. Yeah, followers. Followers. Doesn't that sound so cultish sometimes? Followers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that always seemed uncomfortable how can at it first. Not be cultish. It kind of seemed dickish to be like, "Hey, follow me." Follow. Yeah, man, I mean, hugely. But, but you should follow me. It worked but out. He yeah, just but did you should. It, yeah. Um, so I just took a picture. I'm gonna. I'm gonna insta cast. Insta goo it. Okay. Insta grime it. I'm gonna insta grind it. <laughs> hey yo! <laughs> Welcome to social sausage making. Insta grind. It's the future. <laughs> Where is this going? No filter. <laughs> No sun dried tomato. Sorry, after the last episode, if Chase really puts kinda... no filter on anything he does, it's kind of redundant. <laughs> I don't know if I get it, but I'm going to keep laughing anyways. So, in this episode, I want to uh, I want to get into the second part of Terry's question. I'm going to read the we're going to read the whole question here. Uh, in fact, let's just do that right now. 
I'm currently riding from the Hamptons, where I'm visiting family for two weeks in May. Thanks to some circumstances surrounding my business happenings, I was able to get out of town and almost totally unplug. My life has changed dramatically in 2014. My wife and I moved to Seattle in January. We were living in Olympia, Washington capital, for the majority of my life. I'd always dreamed of living in the big city, surrounded by millions of people and the constant forward momentum of innovative businesses and idea-driven people. Being in the dance music industry, that's my boy, uh, being in the dance music industry, there wasn't much for me in Olympia, so we made the jump to Seattle. I found uh, a barely get-by job at Target just to make the transition smoother. And I'd gotten really used to the hustle, hating or just being okay with my day job to pursue my real goals every other hour of the day. It was no problem to work 16 hours a day because what else... What else would I do with my time? I had goals to expand my audience for my music I create and to get more active playing shows and eventually tour. In March, everything changed. My wife decided that she wasn't so happy in our relationship. I guess I could tell we had been hustling in our respective businesses for so long and not seeing a huge payout from all the work that we were doing. I guess she was exhausted and I tended to just pretend our problems weren't problems unless they were rearing their ugly heads. We were in survival mode, but all in all, she left. She was undergoing personal changes of her own, and frankly, we were both young. She was 19 and I was 21 when we got married. So it's only natural for our personalities and life goals to shift and change as time went by. In dealing with the falling apart of my relationship with her, I went all out in my business. I had nothing to lose. Day by day, a hatred for my shit job grew stronger and stronger, and April 2nd, I quit. Now, here's the scenario. Because I'm just dealing with bills for myself, my overhead is drastically lower. I have no car, no debt, so the associated payments that my wife had are no longer there. So here's the thing I'm struggling with now. My drive seems to have disappeared. The internal dialogue I had before was this, and I quote, I'm doing my business so that I can get out of a job I don't like, provide for my wife, eventually buy a house, and start our family, end quote. Now my internal dialogue is this, quote, I'm super passionate about music, dot, 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 uh, dot, dot, dot. I like Netflix, dot, dot, dot. Doctor Who's awesome for life, dot, dot, dot. Hard cider, <laughs> end quote. All my motivators have disappeared. I'm not driven to escape the nine to five, and my long-term vision needs a total overhaul. I know I have a huge opportunity to make this time means something. I'm just not sure where to start. Love you guys. Thanks for reading. Okay, so what I love about this uh, is uh, I, I like when he says all my motivators have disappeared. It's it's kind of like just as heavy the second time around or it the is. third time around too. <laughs> it is. It is. So because uh, you got to wonder if there's like some stuff going on that he hasn't processed fully yet about the yeah. whole experience. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why he's not feeling particularly motivated right Another now. Another thing that, that's hard about this is, is music is notoriously hard to, to, to create an actual living from. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a great example because that's we are true. all doing this. I mean, we, I was listening to... Uh, What's harder, music or entrepreneurship? Who was I listening to an interview with? It, oh, it was, just, it was that amazing interview with, um, with Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. again. And it's just like, here, they're, they're talking about art. They're just talking about being artists. They're talking about sort of, you know, I love that the Mark Maron had this point about, about artists. They go out into the darkness. They, they go away. They go into the darkness, and they, and they return with something that's true. They return with truth for us. You know, and that, I haven't seen it, but the, the, 
I've seen some previews for that. Uh, the the Minutemen militia, militia. What it was the the not the Minutemen militia. Something something. It's George Clooney. It's Ocean's Eleven, but they're saving art. Oh in, yeah, Monument uh, Men. Monument Men. Right, and it's just in the the trailers are are pretty good in that they're they just had this great part where they're talking about like art is is art is what we fight for. You know, the ability to make art. This is what art says to us what we are. You know, in some ways. So, anyways, there's this idea. They're they're talking about the artists. I think there's we're just we're as much as we would like to fight it. All of us who are trying to do the independent business thing, the indie thing, um, we are a lot like artists. We are artists. You have to kind of come to terms with that because uh, I don't know. There's just or even if we're not what we're there's a very there's huge similarities yeah. between the path of an artist and the path of 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 a successful business person. Um, I'm not communicating very straight right no, now. No, but you are. And a lot of it is the um, what we talked about in the last episode where it's likely that most people around you are going to be, they're going to look at you like, oh, that's cute that you have that dream. Sure. But, you know, they know that it's all going to come crashing and burning eventually. Yep, totally. So um, in this episode, what I want to get into is this con- the, the, the second part of the question. What happened to my motivation? How can we, okay, so this is less about I think let's just focus ourselves and it's not about like, how do I stay motivated uh, as much as it is about uh, trying to refine that motivation or trying to re- reconnect to what yeah, motivated like it's, you. It's lost. Yeah, like you've it gets, lost it all. It gets lost because this happens. Yeah, whether it does. Whether you're totally burned out mm-hmm. and I'll pull up here in a little bit that great quote from Parker Palmer that I can't, I never move more than 10 feet from because it is so, is such <laughs> a strong and great quote on the concept of burnout so either we burn out or we just don't have the traction or something about our vision has shifted or something about our lives changed dramatically yeah and and now like everything that we knew is gone so yep where do we go from here so things don't have the same significance anymore caleb where do you where do you think is is a good place to jump in well do you want to talk about like why you get burned out is it because you're working too hard or is it from like a Mm. major life event that can cause this kind of like loss of motivation like in terry's story like in terry's case it's funny you should ask that parker palmer has this literally amazing book Uh, it's about 11 and a half pages called let your life speak uh parker palmer is this this older dude he's been in higher education for a really long time he's a quaker which are is this old sect of christianity that's lit that's just awesome there's like whatever you think they sell a lot of oats is you think of 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 the jesus and religion and spirituality and all this other stuff i could tell you the story and the history of the quakers you'd be like those dudes are f-ing cool no doubt about it wildly pacifistic um incredibly uh they have like 20 wives right forward thinking liberal yeah you have to make love through a sheet there's just a hole in the sheet that you put more sheets through yeah and you ride in buggies to chase (laughs) (laughs) you ride in buggies right no no that's dang it that's a different thing that's a different thing so anyways uh if you want these are people who have really closely really taken serious this this sort of um edict to live an examined life okay what does it look like to do this well all right and um but anyways that's neither here nor there for this quote parker palmer all that to say like he's just a brilliant uh or just a really well experienced guy in the in the concept of doing life well and this book um which i'll put in the show notes called let your life speak is about um sort of your 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 vocation it's about vocation 
So who am I and what am I here for? Mm -hmm. It's a short book that'll probably screw up your entire life. Like, you'll probably be like, oh, God. I love those. Everything changes. My favorite. Everything's changed. So he says uh, about burnout, though usually regarded as a result of trying to give too much, burnout, in my experience, results from trying to give what I do not possess. Mm. Oof, which is just solid. Oh, that's hard. as a rock, you know? So, Caleb, when you ask uh, uh, what what you were asking about burnout, it's like, why does this thing sort of happen? Mm-hmm. And that's why this book is so important because it's like, how do I center myself over what I actually have to give versus trying to be another Gary Vaynerchuk or Chris Gillibo mm-hmm. or Corbett Barr or somebody else yep. out there that I've liked and admired. And so thus I try to be like them because I think this is the path in front of me. When it's not, you've got to blaze your own trail over what you actually have to give. Yeah. Build your own sort of thing there. Um that I think, in my experience, which I have experienced this this before, this burnout, this loss of motivation, this loss of a desire to put one foot in front of the other, it normally comes from this. It normally comes directly from, oh yeah, I was trying to be my friend Kyle. That's why I felt weird about that interaction I just had with people. Or, oh yeah, I was trying to be a quote-unquote blogger. That's why I was pursuing that business idea for the last six months straight. Yep. With, like it was with, with complete abandon. It was like totally going balls for the wall against this thing. And I get wake up six months later and realize, I mean, it's a gradual process, but it's a moment that happens. Like there's a moment where you realize this has been happening for six months that my, something in my soul just realized this is not the way for me. This is not the direction. Are we saying that we think that that has some bearing on Terry's story? Do we think that... I want to use Terry's story as a jumping off point okay. for, for other to talk reasons. about our own... Because all we can really say is our own experience, experience yep. right? But I think Terry's story is absolutely not one. of, And there's no others like it. I think we've all experienced... the, Or we all are very capable of experiencing these moments. Of, I mean, our biggest... Our number one traffic post on the Sparkline is what, Corbett? Uh, it is, need some motivation? Read this immediately. Yeah. And then all you say is like, read this f***ing shit, this f***ing motivate the f*** out of you. And if yeah. you don't have Drill any start. left to give, on this. Exactly. <laughs> God. Great. I wish I hadn't written a thousand words. I could have just said that. <laughs> but it's a really great post. And, and uh, lots of people are finding that post because lots of people are searching for, for motivation. motivation. Like, lo- like yeah, this is, this is a very common problem. It, absolutely. And so when we talk about burnout, I mean, I think burnout, in a, at least in entrepreneurial ventures, for my, for my own story, when I lose motivation, it's essentially burning out. And it's either I hit a plateau and I need to reevaluate and, and rejigger the vision for the next phase. Or, but that hasn't been, because I've never built things that were like scaling and going up, up, up. Mm-hmm. It was always trying to get something off the ground. Mm-hmm. Whether that takes 12 years or two months. You know, it's always just trying to get this idea off the ground. And I, I would venture to, I mean, most of the people in the spar, in Fizzle are, are at that point where they're trying to get this thing off the ground we do have a huge a large population that are that are already there and doing revenue and like they're just like okay how do i get to the next stage but so much of our audience is even the people in fizzle are like i'm just looking for the idea i'm just i'm trying to do this thing and i don't have the traction yet or i don't know which one to start out on yep right and so i've gone through so many cycles of that and the burnout that comes with that 
it's a it's particular it can be particularly tragic especially if you're an island in your life you're the only entrepreneurial type there who no one else in your life is understanding you or they like you said earlier like oh cute you've got a business idea and when it burns out and you burn out in there it's like okay good now are you ready to go back and get a real job exactly i like my mom with doctors because we're like naturopathy inclined she's like oh there was complications with my friend's baby but everything worked out okay and she's like oh did they have a real doctor and i'm like my wife and I look at my mom like it's just like a little dig. Yeah, it's a little dig. Or like the story about um, Canadian lobsters. Have you heard about? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> just let that. Just yeah, pause. I'll just, I'll scan. Just, nod. Just, I'll just let that go. Just no. Let, no, we're going into oh, it. I okay. just want a moment. <laughs> okay, go now. So this this is as told from a Canadian. Actually, the uh, this was from the. Um, Founder of Vice magazine. Oh, yeah. Gavin uh, McInnes. Nope. The other guy. The other guy. Oh. Uh, what's his name? I don't know. Smith. Huh? I don't know. Anyhow. Uh, and I think it could be about a lot of different cultures, but it could be, you could say this about the normal, like, corporate workforce out there. The idea is there's a couple of fishermen. There's an American fisherman and Canadian fisherman. And they're out there collecting lobsters. And um, the Canadian fisherman gets a bunch of lobsters and throws them all into the bucket. And the uh, and the American says, "Hey, uh, aren't you worried that the lobsters are going to get out of that bucket?" And he said, "Oh no, you don't have to worry about it. They're Canadian lobsters. When one tries to get out, the other will just pull them back in." <laughs> so the idea being, like, in any culture where there's uh, sort of like the Japanese thing, where you yeah. know, if if your nail that sticks up, you get hammered back down. Yeah, just the idea of uh, not allowing other people to go off and do something adventurous because out of the norm yep. uh, and just sort of that cultural entropy, like pulling yep. people back in. This happens with entrepreneurs a lot. So you were yep. saying, you were saying, oh, that's cute. You have a business idea. Well, when that crashes and burns, are you ready to be a normal person again and go get totally. a regular job? And, and Chase, I want to go back. You said it either happens for one of two reasons. You either plateau or what's your other reason? So, um, well, like you so- work too hard. No, I think there is a realistic, like we've experienced this within Fizzle, where I, I don't know if I'd call it burnout, but I just call it like a reset. Like you get to a point. Like, like you launch something or you complete something and then you get. Yeah, well, there's that, but like like the actual depression that comes, like this weird like depression that comes after you launch something. Because it's like, oh my God, what do I live for now? Well, now you have an actual business you have to keep running. <laughs> you, know, you don't just get, mm-hmm. an, it's not just another launch. But um, no, I'm really talking about like when you get to a point in your business, like think about it with with working out. It's very common. You you, uh, if you started strength training today after not doing it, uh, you would you would see a lot of results for about probably three months. If you stuck to it Monday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. Friday, did the thing, you'd see a ton of results for about three months, and then you get to a point where the the gains, uh, your you, where you start to see like the actual changes in your body and the and the weights going up start to plateau. Yeah, um, and this is just a natural phase. Of working out, and there's a lot of things you could do. You could change up your routine. You could change up your diet. You could do a bunch of other stuff right then, right? But what you're doing is you're running on on. It gets so addictive to have that growth early on, just like with this podcast. So addicted to see that that growth early on to go from seven, eight, nine, ten, like in the first four months, just bam, 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 and then it and then it doesn't do that anymore. And so now you have to rejigger your your expectations about the workout. What is this for? Is this? Am I doing this just to work out? 
It's like, when am I, am I do, am I doing this just to work out, just to stay healthy? Am I doing this to get stronger, stronger, stronger? Is there a point at which I don't get stronger anymore in the future? And maybe I shouldn't hope to always get stronger every single week. I don't know. You have to start now coming to terms with your humanity, with your limitations, with your, with the, nat- with the natural processes in these things, like a business. I mean, it'd be awesome if you just hit the co- hockey stick and you go bam, 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 and you just shoot straight up for forever. Yeah. But even if you're doing that, you can lose motivation. Totally. Yeah. Because, because you, yeah, so let's talk, why, why, why in that situation would you lose motivation? Because I think it's a good door into why we lose it in a lot of different situations. I think, I think for me, when I lose motivation, a lot of times I get, it's because I got disconnected from why I was doing this thing in the first place. It's really easy to get in the weeds and yeah. to be going through the motions, doing the exact same thing every day, recording a podcast, editing it, publishing yeah. it, just like you do every week, mm-hmm. and to kind of forget why we're doing it. And that's the point where you're like, oh God, you start fantasizing about doing other businesses yep. or doing or like killing off something that you've been working on. Yep. Because you just it's hard to go through that every and so I think when you have a business that's growing really well, you can lose motivation just the same yeah. because you're doing the same thing essentially every week. In fact, sometimes that's harder because there's not as much challenge there, maybe. Sure. Yeah, no, and I think that that's the one thing that I had. Li- like, I have a few things prepared, but like not much, but because the big one is really that disconnection with purpose. Mm-hmm. Because when you or disconnection from the why, yeah. And and as a coach, I was trained in like noticing that and getting back to it. That was a long time ago. I very I remember very little of it, but I just and and you you know everybody mentioned Simon Sinek mm-hmm. and his his uh, start with TED why. talk. And then the uh, the start with why book that he did, um, and and it is really like it, probably you you burn out, right? You're probably smart enough to where I could say you've disconnected with your why, with why you do this, with your purpose. Okay, now you could probably just hear that and walk away, hit your journal, go to coffee shop, put on some headphones, and like, okay, what's my why? Go do some digging, figure things out. You yeah. probably get, but most that's of the interesting. Way there. So for Terry. Does that mean yep. his his wife was his reason why? And I think yeah, no, he mentions that it's like kind of built in that uh, the whole reason why was to go this way with my life to head towards eventually the house, paying off the debt, and taking care of my fam- my my wife's so weekly right. start a family. Yeah, and so it was these external motivators. Okay, these ex- and and this is probably a good point to mention something that if I knew it really well, Dan Pink's stuff about motivation, which it, he has a book called Drive, which is really great because uh, we I have it on good record that this is the best sort of layman's terms summary of all the research on motivation mm. that we have, like really serious, hardcore scientific research on motivation. Dan Pink's book Drive is apparently the best to to get the sort of pop version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Anybody can walk in and get that thing. And an even shorter version would be his 19-minute TED Talk. Exactly. Yeah. And I, that's totally where, where to start. But, um, and I, don't, I haven't read it, and I don't, I don't know much about it besides a few things that I'd heard here and there. But the, this idea of this external motivator is always, I mean, so when that external motivation goes away, when you remove uh, someone like, for example, Terry's wife saying like, okay, I have this debt, I have this car payment, and I have these dreams to go with my life. You remove that, and now you're in this a little bit of a vacuum, saying like, "Oh my God, that was my whole engine. That was my whole direction." So now you really have to do this soul searching of, now what's my engine? 
What's yeah. my direction? Yeah. What do I want? And I think we hear that in Terry's conversation about like, I know what I want to do with my business. I want to grow the audience for my thing. You know, I want to to eventually tour. I want to to do this sort sort of thing. So we see that. But also what's probably built into that is the fact that you know, it's just notoriously hard to do this as to do some of this stuff, like especially as a musician. And those things specifically are internal things. You're saying I want, I want, I want. And yeah. I think for us, for the three of us, some of the feedback loop that we have is when we have in-person meetups or go to conferences or whatever, and we see these people that we're serving with Fizzle, and we see the people that are in there. Yeah. And that is, I think, the biggest feedback loop for us for that motivation. And like yeah. when we went to Tahoe, and like the first thing we did wasn't like, oh, what videos are gonna we, we going to shoot next or this, that, and the other thing. We specifically said, okay, who are we serving? Who's our audience? Who, yeah. what, are they, what are they struggling with? What are their problems? And that grounded the next two to three days that we hung out together and planned all the other stuff because we focused on. That's interesting you know, what's too because it, it's not like we consciously sit down and go, you know, as a team we need to find more motivation. So when we get together for our next offsite, yeah. all yeah. all hands, yeah. let's start by asking ourselves why we do this, you know, yeah. and start at that level. But that is really how we started. We really did kind of start with why and who are we doing this and for? the why. Became a who. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I, that's what, remember when we came back to, what was it that um, three episodes ago, uh, we were talking about what's the most important thing to do right now? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the most important thing for me to do right now? I've got a million things I could do. What's the most important thing? And for me, the biggest takeaway from that is like, stay super close to your audience. They'll tell you exactly what to do next if you have ears to hear it. Right? Yeah. And it's the sense of because, you know, so Terry could be, a musician and an artist and the questions that that tends to historically raise is like what do i want to sing what do i want to make what and uh and he's in the electronic dance world where it's actually you you are building your thing to do to do shows Mm -hmm. a lot of the time you know and you are your audience is right there and you can see what tracks are doing best on beatport whatever what people are liking most and all this other stuff and you also don't want to be just like the guys who are doing that thing you kind of want to do your own way and so anyway just like with all of our businesses there's this there's this challenge to getting really close to the audience understanding really what they want trying to do something fresh and interesting in my own voice something that's authentic and true right and something that's true for others as well um but that is a huge point in the motive because like when we go to a place or we get a comment on our itunes reviews or an email from fizzle or just in support or something like that I think there was a comment on the Sparkline uh, that on our uh, that you shared with us, Corbett. Yeah, the, uh, that was the one, one on the original Sparkline post that someone just recently found. The original one that says, "Hey, welcome to the Sparkline. We yeah. just launched it," and it was a sensational quote. Like it reminded us all why we do what we do. Yeah, you know? because what we're getting into is not like, oh no, look, oh oh, look at these cute blog tips. That's not what that's not what we're giving people. We're we really are help. I mean, to me, the most exciting and motivating thing about this is when someone says, I was going this way and I was burning out. And then I heard this thing that you made and I changed perspective. I got close to my audience and now I'm going this way and I just did my first $100,000 year or something like that. You know, like that is because then we have everything in there. I'm engaged. I'm, I feel connected to what the things that I'm making. I, they're, I'm, I'm making money doing this thing so I don't have to give it up later on. You know, like it, all of those things are so motivating because that's life. That's the rest of your life. You just learn something 
that you're never going to forget. Yeah. You know, and you see you're capable of doing something when everybody else around you is saying like, oh, cute business idea. Call me when you're ready to get a job at Safeway and I can hook you up with the manager. Yeah. So, and you know, I think there are a lot of different reasons why, and, and there are plenty that could be valid and you kind of have to understand which are going to pull yeah. you in the right direction because one of your reasons why might just be proving those people wrong. Yeah. Who think that you can't do it. You know, that could be a strong totally. motivator. You could totally be motivated by a spice bite. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, spite for- and rage are pretty effective. <laughs> the question is how much vitriol do you actually have? And does that when that barrel is empty? Yeah. Maybe you grow up and or you get older and you're like, you know what, these these old things, these old uh what do we call them? V- not vengeant. What 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 is it? What, <laughs> you have a tiff with a buddy and it lasts for a really long time. These old uh <laughs> grudge holding a grudge Gr- yeah these old grudges they, yeah. yeah i think that's what it is these old grudges like yeah, yeah that's not important like the, when I, when when i had a seriously traumatic thing happen in my life that was the first shit that went like that the went, grudges that it's grudges gone. are just like oh my god doesn't matter that was even dumb. a little bit yeah Those, that's just so worthless stupid things to think about but you never know i mean like it, no absolutely though what i'm saying you're right like there's this vitriol there's this spite i mean that's like think of how many great things have been done in the world because like, yeah like we some could say like we took care of world war ii and hitler just because it's like ah that shouldn't happen we should you know out of spite and rage yeah or we invaded other countries out of that or whatever <laughs> but um so there's spite and rage I, for us it comes back i think to who we're serving that's our big why you yeah. know because we want to help these people make their lives better um but i don't know that that works for everyone i think it works yeah. for a lot of people the who aspect, but yeah. it kind of depends on who you're serving. And so maybe that's, you know, when you decide the business that you're after. So like for Terry, for example, he's trying to build this business, uh, you know, around dance music or not a business. He's trying to build himself into being a dance artist, yeah, electronic dance music artist. Um, I'd, I would ask him like, who is he serving? And are those people, does he feel connected to their mission? Hmm. Because like who he's serving probably are the individuals that are listening to it or going to his shows or whatever. And does he feel like that's a worthwhile thing that he's contributing to the world? Like mm. to make these people happy for that period of their lives when yeah. they're listening to the music, is that enough for him? Yeah. Or maybe is he after the, the who for him is more the other artists and he's trying to make them respect what he's doing yeah. or contributing to that world. So there's a lot of different ways in on the who question. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because the why might might also be like like I there's there's a pervasive story in my head about sort of the um, the craftsman. Mm-hmm. Like you open the door and the bell rings on top of the door and he comes from around the corner after working in the workshop. He's got he's an got apron the on, apron yeah. on, and he kind of wipes his hands with the rag and he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" He's a sign painter or something like that, just because people need signs made or cobblestoner or something like that. Like they need these cobbles stoned. What did you say something? <laughs> Oh, I think you're looking for the stoned mason. He's right down the street. <laughs> but because uh, that's also, I think that's an important caveat because we all want to say, because I do firmly believe the only fit work for a young man to do is to change the world. But at the same time, you get to a point where it's like, I don't know if anybody's going to can actually change the world. And I kind of need to also just be a great, a good, like no my yeah. craft. Yeah, what you if know? you're like the produce guy at the grocery store nearby yep. and you effing love produce? Yeah, either you connect that up several levels to this cosmic sort of why yeah. because if people don't eat fresh and natural foods yeah. and I'm not the one picking them for them then you know, you know, you can do that, right? You can go all the way up by because I want to 
because people because we're going to space. Well, and the other question here is I think that there are people who have simpler reasons why and and they have existences that are different from an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur probably has to have this really intense level of why in order to do what he or she is going to do over yeah. the next five years. That built in. It takes a like, monumental effort to yeah. get a business off that the ground. That necessary delusion we talked about yeah. in the last episode. Whereas if you want to be great at um, you know, picking produce or whatever, it doesn't mean that there's not a lot of effort there, but your reason why might not have to be that you have to change the world yeah. in order to do a good job at that in order to enjoy your life. So it might be their apples and oranges, not to talk about produce too much. But <laughs> <laughs> So uh Caleb Caleb, yeah, Caleb, what are you hearing over there? Well, we've talked a little bit about, you know, motivators, what we use as motivators. We've talked about, you know, how to think big about them and changing the world and stuff like that. What are we missing? I mean, what? Well, okay, so left? you, Cor- Corbett said, it went straight to, you know, you, lo- you lose connection with your purpose, with your why. You get lost uh, and you have to reconnect it. Um, then we talked about maybe one way into finding your why is to see the impact you can have on your who, like the people that you're building your things for. Now, this is important because this is a part of the fizzle path. This is a part of what we think is the is, is a great way, is a solid way to build a business. Is you find, you do the choosing a topic course to find you know where you could start. Like here's a weighted average decision matrix and a couple exercises to decide what you could possibly start doing. Mm-hmm. Right now, of those things, let's look at those audiences, see who's, uh, who can pay, who will pay, who you can make things for that can delight them, who you won't resent and you won't burn out making things for these people. Because um, So that's the second stage is getting really close to the people and then you let them define, uh, they let them pitch their problems to you rather than you just start pitching solutions to them. Mm-hmm. This is a smart, like proven path of building business that right. we adhered to. And there's a there's a fine line between building a business and the art. You've talked about this yep. a lot. you know. And, and so for Terry... Sometimes I wonder as an artist, you know, and, and even though he's trying to build a business out of it, as an artist, you have to ask yourself, am I burned out on this? Maybe because I tried to uh, do what I cannot do. Like you said earlier, mm-hmm. he was trying to walk in someone else's footsteps yep. or he's trying to cater or pander to certain tastes because he thinks that's where the economic opportunity is yeah. but it's not what he's really proud of yeah. so when you start building something that you're not particularly proud of it's hard to show up every day and feel good about it and to want to do more of it yeah so it's, it's easy like to- me with writing headlines for these f- podcasts yeah like <laughs> i'm never proud of a headline on this podcast because i'm always trying to take this really honest and earnest exploratory conversation that we Long have conversation yeah. and add some little and put some little like oh let's put a little bow on it and make Ding. it so that like yeah oh look buzzfeed i've buzzfeeded it it's really it's so tough and that's the thing that that is the hardest like i'll i would edit and that's a things. small thing i'd that's edit a small these things thing. for seven hours for one episode happily yeah if I didn't have to think about a, a headline. But that's really interesting because that is, that, that's a small part of the overall experience yeah. and that's enough to demotivate you to some degree. Whereas but it's also, imagine it's, if you were, imagine if we were putting out a shit podcast that you didn't like. Yeah. And you had to put a headline on it. But the, the thing that's a bummer about it to me is I know that this is a great experience. This is a conversation that people need to be exposed to. There's 10 people out there who, who this conversation would absolutely change the next step that they take in a better direction and they won't get access to it because I didn't choose the right headline or something. Mm-hmm. You know, we just know that as a fact. Yep. You can have an absolute, the best product in the world and be oversold, be, be like someone, be just crushed by someone who has a 
really terrible product, but sensational headline writing, button clicking, yeah. you know, whatever, pro- marketing, mar- merchandising, marketing, all of those sorts of things. So, and that, there's always that balance that that can be difficult about anything we're making as well. And, but really quick, I mean, in 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 getting to, well, actually, finish. What were you going to say? I was, was going to say the other thing is uh, sometimes you get too close to something, and the reason why maybe is still there, but yeah. you're just desensitized to it because you've been thinking about it every day. You're in the, you're, yeah, you're what Merlin Mann calls too close to the metal. Like you don't, you're not even looking at the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Which is why it was or, so important. Or you've we, been looking at the grand scheme of things, but you're doing it every day. It's, yeah. you know, it's like you just get desensitized to it yeah. and you can't, you, you don't feel it anymore. Yeah, and you start and using actually, the language and the words that only you understand what they mean totally. and maybe your customer doesn't understand what they mean. And the, yeah. an example of this would be, you know, having a mastermind group that's not people that know like exactly what you're Your talking business. about. Not people that it forces you to like are doing exactly what you're doing. Not everyone that's yep. a painter. In, in or your to, our, to our last to our last episode, literally like talking to things, talking things through with my wife about this podcast episode or this that or the other or this course or something like that. If I actually get off my arse and do that, I never I I, I do it rarely. But if I do. I have to do so much work to try to communicate it to her that I have to open up new folders in my mind, mm-hmm. new words that I that would actually communicate to her. Yeah, because for exactly this one reason that I do this, I live, eat, breathe, and shite this stuff. Yeah, all the time, and so I'm way too close to it to understand what it's worth. Yeah, and, and or to understand how to communicate it to the rate to the actual people who it's for. And I guess what I mean. Is being too close to it, meaning that um, you're not giving yourself enough distance so that you can feel it again. Like, yeah. you know, like um, if you're uh, tasting wine tasting or something, mm-hmm. it's like you, you know, you start out in the first few, like you can really smell things and it's really, you know, and you can taste it. Yeah. But then after a while, it's like your, your senses become dull to it. Yeah. So for me specifically, what this means is with work, I've been at this long enough now that if I don't take a night off, or if I don't take the weekend yep. off, I endanger the entire next week's productivity yeah. because I didn't give myself a chance to get away from work for a while. Sure. Yeah. And then I show up on Monday and I'm just like, it's exactly I because I did it on Saturday and Sunday and now it's Monday. And I don't even know what day it is. Yeah. And it's just hard to come fresh to it and feel yeah. like, you know, it's almost better for me to get a little behind. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of a kick in the ass to say, yeah. oh, shit, I'm behind. I got to respond to all these people. I got to do this and that. Totally, you know, and which is it's something important to notice, like to note that that's you. And for mm-hmm. me, if I get to work on a Sunday morning, like I will absolutely crush it all next week because I got a, like an hour and a half or just two hours of time ahead. that mm-hmm. I just got a little bit ahead, or it, it felt like I stole time. I felt like st- like not stolen time, but it felt like free time to work, which I never, you know, that that. But this there's is, work but- hours, and then there's like free or for yeah. some whatever it is. No, I for know. me, it feels like it's just. I'm the opposite where if I can get ahead a little bit just because the nature of my responsibilities are such that like I put I put my wife in a tight spot, my kid in a tight spot if I exactly access yeah. to them. Every Whereas weekend. for me it's like I, I could I could say, Hey babe, I gotta work today or yeah. tonight or whatever, any day of the week. It doesn't yeah. matter, she'll be fine with it. Totally. So you I, in some ways you have a harder you have a much harder job because my job my work is done for me. Like Melissa says, she hands me Aiden and says, like, Okay, you're up, pal. Yeah. You know, and, and then it's yeah. my son going like daddy play with me, yeah. tickle me, totally. chase me, you know, and it, it, it's, uh, that clearly delineates, okay, it's time to stop yeah. working, you know. Where comes, are you at on that spectrum, Caleb? Um, we have pretty strict guidelines of like, when we are done for the day, we're done for the day, so we're mm-hmm. like, 
not talking about work after a certain for point. each other and it changes every day but you know if you have some work related thing that you want to talk to the other person about we're just pretty strict about it. it's like i'm not working anymore today or something like that and yep. weekends are the same way you know some weekends we work some weekends we don't obviously in wedding photography jen works on the weekends quite a bit but it's like if there is a day on the weekend you have to give yourself that that weekday otherwise you're just going to get burned out yeah and another few things that are really simple that i think really help motivation are exercise like Go to a different location to work. If you work from home, go to a coffee shop for a day. If you're always in a coffee shop, work from home for a day. You know, change up your location a little bit. Sure. When I'm really burned out, vacation, travel, that always re-energizes me to yep. see new things, get away, uh, read read a book on something entirely unrelated to what I'm doing. And it yeah. makes me and think about it. all this other stuff. And I take tons of notes and I come back to work way more energized than if I was just working nonstop. And that's it for Terry. I mean, maybe he needs maybe he needs to go travel. He's got this freedom now. He quit his job. Well, he starts it out with like, hey, listen, I'm away from home. I'm in a totally different place. I'm in the Hamptons, getting away totally <laughs> unplugged. You say the Hamptons, but you read exactly where he was during the, the read. <laughs> yeah. No, did I? Yo, you did. Oh. You read like where he's from and where he moved to and Oh, I did I did all the other locations. I just changed <laughs> totally. the one. You didn't <laughs> change any of them. <laughs> so silly. You can I can beep them. Uh, but, but there is something in that. Like, like I was in Mexico recently, and this wasn't a vacation. This was for a family wedding. Um, and it was just as much work as it, as it was vacation. So it wasn't a real vacation. But like the sense of like, like vacation as a discipline is, is actually like a pretty good, like you just say every four months, you got to go to a weekend away or four days away or something like that is there's a, that's a great plan. Mm -hmm. It's a really great plan. So we've talked uh, about a lot of things here and, and I, I felt like this was very, we were really sort of searching for it again. Cause we know the answer is you got to get connected to your why. And that might be through your who. And mm -hmm. cause it was, I mean, it's kind of a bummer because the question I lost my motivation or what happened to my motivation is like saying like, I lost my why. And then we're saying, well, get, get back to your why, find yep. your why. And one way that we certainly have before gotten back into the, to the why is hearing the stories of the people that we're building our things for. So your who you're building your thing for, what are their problems, how you can actually impact that. And you might be making, you know, like, like literally people at Procter and Gamble in the toothpaste department think they're changing the world through toothpaste. You know, they really do. And that's why they test it on animals and do all this horrible crap. But uh, but they really they really think they're changing the world too, and that might be completely ridiculous. I would posit, right? Yep. But but they like literally in corporate culture like that. That is what you start start the slide decks with. You know, it's like connecting to the company vision yeah. and this, that, and the other. But uh, so finding that for yourself, in an, and and I find you know one thing that hasn't come up in the few episodes is this sense of conviction. It's still something that I think is so valuable. If you get on stage or if someone's talking to you and they sense the conviction in your voice, in your eyes, in your heart as you're talking about this thing, they sense how much you believe it. They sense that it's not a thing that, it's not like a like I'm choosing to believe this thing anymore as it is like, no, I've seen this with my own two eyes. Like, or, I don't know. There's something about conviction. If you could look that up in the dictionary and do a little like sort of meditating on it, you'd probably end up like, yeah, I'm not actually convinced that maybe for Terry, I'm not actually convinced that what I'm making is impacting people's lives. This is this is what to your point, Corbett, earlier. I'm not actually convinced 
that, and I don't know if I'm actually convinced that this direction that I'm heading in could lead towards that. And I don't think that that's, that, that is necessarily the truth or anything, right? But you've got to get to a point where you're, you're simultaneously trying to build this thing and asking those really big questions and either you answer them or it answers it for you, mm-hmm. so to speak, you know? Um, but anyways, it's, it's, it's been kind of like a, a, we're really kind of digging here trying to find this because I think we can sense what's at stake. I mean, last episode, we talked about what this cost Terry. And we, I mean, for me, it felt very real. Like this could, I, I have those same things at stake. And I think we all do who are trying to build a thing that we, that, that, you know, like we're, we are nails sticking up that are going to get hammered down or, or we're going to actually build something successful. We are, we are the, the, um, the freaks who are trying to do something a little bit different than the status quo. And that's not something to hang your hat on. Don't walk around saying that that's so cool. I mean, truth is, this is lonely. This is difficult. This is hard. Welcome to the, welcome to boot camp. You know? Yeah. Uh, like you will be judged by the things that you make and the success that yeah. you have and just you're like going everybody to be humbled else. by this process no matter what. So Say that again. What? You're going to be humbled by the process yes. of, of being an entrepreneur. So that's, yeah, that's, don't be too braggadocious about th- it in the beginning. Totally. Wow. Braggadocious. Bro. <laughs> More like brogadocious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Anything else to add? I mean, if there's one thing you take away from this, what would it be, Corbett? Don't be a Canadian lobster. That's a good one, Caleb. When you first said that, I thought you said mobster, and then you started talking <laughs> about fishermen, and I was so confused. Um, mine would be <laughs> no. Hold hey, on, hold hey. on. We've got to explore that for a little bit. <laughs> Hey, so uh, I'm running the racket over in Toronto. What about you? <laughs> Tell you what, pal. If you, I can't, I can't even do it. I don't even know how to do it. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going with that. Uh, you know what? If you don't get those logs down here on time, I'm gonna break your fucking thumbs. Hey. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Terry. You can faff about with all your music all day long, him and Han, about whatever it is that you're doing, but the natives are getting restless, and I mean that. Like, the actual natives in the res are waiting for the logs, hey? I'm going to break your thumbs. Oh, Lord. And the guys above me sure aren't happy. Golly, are they just super tanked about this. They're steamed. (laughs) I wish to God. I really missed missed the opportunity. They're super steamed about this, man. Hola. You really need to get your act together because this is not the sort of thing that's going to stand. See, now, now I'm going into a bit of an Irish <laughs> sure. routine, and you I don't it. think it works quite the same. No, All right, you, Caleb, lost what, your, you lost your reason why. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, what do, you, what do you got? So I would you know, echo what I was saying before about exercise, stepping away, vacation, travel, whatever of those things. You need that creative distance that you were talking about earlier, Corbett. You have to you know, leave whatever it is you're doing, have some actual downtime and get back to it. Because some of these things we talked about at the beginning of this episode were you lose your motivation. Here are a bunch of things you can do. Well, if you don't have motivation, you might not want to do anything. So give yourself some time to think, to read, to write, to like relax a little bit about what you're thinking about instead of like putting together a weighted average decision matrix or something. Well, and combine all of those those distancing things or those those creative outlets or whatever it is, the travel and, and exercise and stuff like that. Yeah. Combine that with finding your why, and that's really passionate, or reconnecting with your why. That's mm-hmm. really yeah. powerful. For me, honestly, actually, it's interesting because I wasn't even thinking about this when I mentioned the book before, but it would be like, if you're really struggling with finding your motivation, go get that Parker Palmer book, uh, Let, My, Let Your Life Speak. 
because it is like a uh, it, it is it's just built for this. It's built for giving you an answer for to these questions that will last your whole life uh, instead of through the next trend of music or business or whatever else it is that you're you're pursuing. Um, it's a really great foundation for that. So I, I guess I would say that part you could do a hell of a lot worse than than giving that book a, a three hour read through or however little it actually would cost you. I have eleven and a half chased, pages. What's that? It's eleven and a half pages. Fourteen maybe. Oh, okay. Fourteen pages. No pictures. That's what. That's the only bummer about it. Major bummer, dude. I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I have been Corbett Canadian Lobster Bar. I have been Caleb Logic. Oh, that was like like I, you said oh. your last name before I even realized. I was like, well, oh, it's it over be? already. I was like, I thought I was hoping to be like Caleb Steeman Logic. <laughs> Good lobster joke. So there you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 56. That's where you're going to find some notes and links to uh, eight things, including an amazing interview with Robert Downey Jr. And not one, but two TED Talks you should watch right now about motivation. Again, that's fizzleshow.co slash 56. Here's an iTunes review from Patrick Edblad from Sweden, all the way from Sweden. He says, awesome chemistry, excellent advice, five stars. The Fizzle Show is an awesome blend of humor, banter, and actionable advice that you simply need to hear if you're at all interested in online business and blogging. Granted, Chase's rants can be a tad bit long, but his sexy voice makes up for it. Thanks, Patrick. I owe you a beer, man. Uh, If you liked this, dear listener... Uh, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much, and it means the world to us because it, it actually helps other entrepreneurs just like yourself find this show. So simply search for the show in the iTunes store and click Write a Review. Well, my friend, if you find yourself in the slough of despond, trying to refind your motivation, look around. Take a deep breath. You're in the thick of it. This is the battlefield. This is where the things are made. This is where you find yourself. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks. We'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.